Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. JP Ong joins me as usual. Good afternoon. Happy hump day. And today doesn't look so happy as it did yesterday. No, and again, this is again where we're seeing the signs of a cha-cha, but the steps are getting bigger, right? So we're seeing, we saw a 6% loss on Monday, a rebound of about 2% yesterday, and now we're back down by about 1.1%. Mm. In fact, just a minute before we started uh, speaking, the Straits Times Index was below 2,800 by a couple of points. It steadied itself again. It's now exactly at 2,800 flat. But this, at these levels, again, we're coming closer and closer and starting to flirt with the bears, bear market territory, uh, which is about 20% below our 12-month highs, which was in early April of last year. Um, The sentiment across the region has also soured quite significantly. Uh, The Nikkei 225 currently down by about 2%. Australia pretty much wiping out all those gains we saw yesterday. ASX 200 falling by 213 points at the close. Shanghai and Shenzhen marginally in the red. They're probably the best of the worst. The cleanest shirts in the the dirty laundry hamper, as one of my old bosses used to say. The Hang Seng trading about 220 points lower. And the Kospi also down by 53 points. I guess what might leave people scratching their heads is why have markets here uh, turned around or opened in the red when Wall Street had a very strong day, where you saw the NASDAQ and the the S&P 500 close almost 5% in the green. Well, it's also because we're looking at U.S. futures at the moment, and they are on track to give back a lot of those gains if it does follow. Futures are currently trading about 2.7%, 2.8% in the red in the U.S. And a bit of an uh-oh moment, at least for investors who are sounding skeptical or a bit nonplussed by the promises from the from U.S. President Donald Trump that they are going to roll out uh, strong stimulus measures to support the economy there. The problem... Right. And some investors and analysts and strategists that Reuters has spoken to have said that, look, we were hoping for more details. None of it's really coming forward. The European Union the other day, uh, yesterday also said we are going to do whatever it takes. But again, uh, the questions also are, well, what do they have in the toolbox? Can this block of nations actually come together and agree or come up with a strong unified response? Because, you know, you have folk, uh, countries like Germany that are still a bit hesitant to unleash fiscal stimulus to support things. So what you start looking at the landscape and saying, wait, we've been there have been promises for the last few days. We've been trading on possible promises, at least through Tuesday, that there will be fiscal stimulus. There's not a lot of details there. What else do we have to go by? And I think this and some are pointing to this as being what soured market sentiment. Also, the sign of a thousand or more than a thousand cases of coronavirus now in the United States. So the spread is starting to affect the world's largest economy. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's not it's being rather pervasive out in China still. Yes, there are signs it's starting to slow down. But I think this is this will still be what, what's weighing on the minds of markets and uh, and what uh, what governments can do and if it's effective to do anything because you can throw all the stimulus you want at a disease but that doesn't make a virus go away it's not exact doesn't have exactly disinfectant properties right all you can do is try to buttress or try to shield your industries from getting hurt too much but nevertheless some of them are still going to get hurt and again back to that big question you've been asking for the last three weeks are any of these measures going to be enough moving forward but the governments and monetary authorities still have to do something, right? So, Well, I think the main thing uh, for a lot of the countries that are now facing what is going to be a really 
challenging situation as the numbers grow within their own countries is containment. You mm-hmm. know, we've talked about containment for weeks now, first talking about it here in Singapore. Now we've done a reasonably good job of containment. The numbers are fairly low. Um, and eventually people are going to get on with their lives. Pretty as, much. You know, I, I start to see more people at my coffee shop in the neighborhood. People I, I, are going back to buying their groceries. Well, my, uh, my, my sentiment there, too, is it's just human nature. If you've been cooped up or really yep. maintaining social distancing for a couple of weeks, you kind of go stir crazy and you start you seeking people out. out. You need to get out. You need to sort of make you sure need that, you know, I'm not, of I'm, the only, I'm not the only one. But, of course, uh, we have to caution folks to still do that with Absolutely. a lot of caution in mind. Remember, social distancing is still very important. Trying to make sure that uh, you just ease off on things. Put your hand sanitizers, you. wash your hands whenever you can. Uh, apparently, I read this uh, study about why soap and water is so effective. Apparently, mm-hmm. the lipids that are in soap yes. are very effective at breaking the walls of coronaviruses or viruses itself and yep. are able to disintegrate them better. And while hand sanitizers are a good second choice, it's still not as effective as good old, a good old soap fashioned soap bar, soap bar and, and water. The thing is, you can't really carry on a soap bar with you everywhere. I mean, where are you going to where are you going to rinse your, mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm, wash your hands or you know or on the go, right? So but still, things to keep in mind uh, when as we're going through what one of the top epidemiologists in the US, Michael Olserholm recently yep. called, um, they're actually saying this is not a coronavirus blizzard. It's going to be a coronavirus winter for a couple of months. So really batten down the hatches and all you can do is try to make sure that you're practicing what I call your best defensive maneuvers. This is a game of defense now, if uh, to use a sports analogy. You've just got to be able to dodge this. You've got to be able to put all the precautions out there and make sure that, uh, and just cross your fingers that you can pull off a no-hitter. You know what? I, I'm, I'm Eurasian, and, and I've brought this up before. Uh-huh. I go back to my childhood where they, when my parents used to say, a little bit of dirt never hurt anybody. Mm. <laughs> True. What they really actually meant was your immunity system. You've got to count on your immunity system. But yep. if you, if you um, hide yourself away in your house all the time, when you do go out, somebody sneezes, that's a cause for concern. So it's it's really really tough for me because I don't like staying at home. All well, that well here's something I, I, I well here's something I want to ask you. Um, yep. I know you talk to a lot of health experts and yes. a lot of uh, people in the medical field on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Have you ever spoken to any nutritionists recently? Because I think the sense uh, the sense I'm getting at least is that one of the few things within our control that we can do is possibly boost our immune systems and try to reduce the chances and make sure that we give it a an upgrade in germ fighting kung fu for lack of a better term. But how do you do that? Of course, we'd have to ask epidemiologists and also um, medical professionals to ask them, well, is this actually going to work if we if we try and improve our immune systems on a day-to-day basis? And how can we do that? What kind of foods can I we do, eat? I do speak to, actually, strangely enough, um, I hmm. do speak to a lot of medical professionals. I also speak to research scientists. I speak to nutritionists. I speak to them all for, for health suites. What have they said so far about this? Um, well, one of the things that I find that the, the takeaway is Really, you've got to keep yourself safe. You know, you make sure that your hands are clean, you don't touch your face, all the stuff they've been telling us. But beyond that, it, it is also a case of you don't really absolutely need to lock yourself away mm. and have everything delivered to your door. It's not the plague. Yes. You know, within that, you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and being careful and being vigilant is what you need to do. Right. Within that, in answer to your question, and, yeah. nutritionists say. Yes. And they, they, they go back to this. The antioxidants, the vitamin C's. Keep yourself healthy. So a lot of fruits. A lot of fruits. And, of course, this one I was very happy to hear. A little sunlight doesn't hurt you oh, absolutely. either. Absolutely. Sunlight is huge. I am a big proponent of... Uh, so I get my sunlight on the golf course. So, <laughs> so, so suck it, dermatologist. Sorry, we're going to have to go for sun. Um, it, very interesting, too, um, what this epidemiologist, epidemiologist actually said in the U.S. also was that the real complications and deaths from this actually will come from folks with, with risk factors. Uh, so if you're a smoker, like many old Chinese men are apparently in, the, in, in mainland China, a lot of the deaths happen because a lot of these guys actually have a history of smoking. I mean, what he pointed out is the big risk factor in the U.S. is going to be that 45% of the adult population in the U.S. is borderline or, or officially obese. And mm-hmm. obesity could mm-hmm. actually raise your the possibility that this could be more serious than if a healthy normal person, quote-unquote, I don't want to use the word, word normal, but if a healthy person Someone is actually without, hit by uh, it. pre-existing conditions. Right, right. So if you have pre-existing conditions, risk factors, they say that you, the, these are the people that really might want to keep themselves within social distancing, within some sense of isolation, just With to make sure... a little bit more vigilance. A little bit more, a, a bit more vigilance than your average bear. I mean, the thing is, um, a full disclosure, I've had pneumonia, and my doctors... Were when this started to break and started to arrive in Singapore, my doctors were most concerned about the fact that I've mm. had pneumonia because that puts me in that higher risk pre-existing condition or whatever. Because my your lungs, lungs are still recovering from yeah, it, right? My, and, and my lungs were damaged by the pneumonia. So that, that was their big concern. But within that, my doctor, who's also someone I play golf with on occasion, said... A little bit of sunshine never hurt I, I, I actually agree with that also. And also good for your mental health. Have you noticed that uh, very sunny countries, if you spend a little bit of time in the sun, actually improves your mood? So. Yeah, well, you know what? It looks like everyone who works in the stock exchanges or, or our analysts or deal with, with uh, banking right now probably need a little bit of sunshine. I think they're going to need a little bit of sunshine. And and I think it's a, what's happened in the markets now seems to be mirroring again what's happening in the, in the health space, for lack of a better term. You know, if we're going to be in this for the long haul, for the next, at least uh, best case scenario, the next couple of months, if uh, with regards to the COVID-19 outbreak, it could also be that these pressures and this volatility might be here at the least maybe the midterm, right? So it's going to be... Very, very difficult, I think, and very complicated to really stay in the markets at the moment. Again, we're seeing the selling pressure. I just want to see whatever the STI is, as, we, as we've been speaking, still holding at 2,800. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the new psychological barrier for us? I, it, seem, it seems to be forming around this particular area. Yeah. We've, we've drawn a line in the sand. Of course, we still have a few hours to go before the close of the afternoon session. But uh, I think this is what we're testing. Oh, look at that! As we speak, now it's at two thousand eight hundred and one. <laughs> so, so Yay, perhaps, one. so perhaps this is where, where 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 it's drawn at the moment. But yes, I think a lot of the a lot of the market volatility or the headwinds, at least right now, are returning back onto this COVID nineteen coronavirus. Well, outbreak. I think that's going to be a flip flop. This is going to be a pretty uh, rapid dance. You know, um, it's it's going to a turn on its heel. It's. It's maybe a little bit of dodgeball as well. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a new dance step, JP. Yes, it's going to be a new dance step. I'm going to be watching out for, for where it, uh, if it actually leads us to bear market territory. I'm just pulling out my calculator right now. And, uh, While you're saying that, I, th- I, I should just point out that there are some companies. 2720. There are, still, there are some companies that are still getting buys. 
Yes. You know, buy ratings. SPH was uh, in that, that is nice correct. little position yesterday. That is correct. Today it is Keppel Corp, is it? Keppel Corporation today, RHB, saying that they are maintaining. They've had them at a buy rating for quite a while. Um, now, they did lower the target price, though. Instead mm-hmm. of $7.80 as a 12-month part target price, it's now at $7.60 as a target price. But they've maintained the buy recommendation, Keppel Corporation. We saw their stock really tumble because they have such a big exposure to the oil and gas sector. They are one of the leading manufacturers or providers of offshore rigs and ships and, and, and equipment. And we saw that sharp fall in oil prices. It's starting to stabilize just a little bit. But what they're highlighting at the moment is that the reason some of these, these stocks are at a buy rating is because their share prices have fallen by so much and that they're now trading, for instance, in Keppel Corporation's case, um, already at a 26% discount to the target price that they set, the lowered target price. So if it starts to rebound, if the sentiment starts to come back, Keppel Corporation has upside to of about 26% if RHB's calculations are correct. And they've actually said that this target price is already taking into account ex- lower expected earnings from their offshore and marine unit, which is the one that's most prone to some of these oil sh- oil price shocks. If we, we might as well call it a shock, right? That was a bit of a shock the way mm, we saw over mm, the weekend. Mm. But uh, Keppel Corp, it could be in um, to uh, for, for, for a bit of a rebound should oil prices start to stabilize, perhaps if Russia and, and uh, Saudi Arabia start to simmer down or back down from this friendly price war that they're engaged in. Um, One of the reasons also why oil prices are starting to stabilize is because a number of these shale oil producers in the United States have started to already cut back on on, on their output, they're starting to cut back on their costs also. And uh, if they start to reduce output, keep in mind the U.S. is the biggest oil producer in the world, but if they start to cut back and turn off the spigots or turn off the oil wells, um, oil rigs, this could actually lead to su- this oversupply being corrected substantially, which some actually in some of these uh, well, political scientists have actually pointed out that, that the real target of Russia, and Sa- and Saudi- of Russia is not to try to... D- protect their market share from Saudi Arabia or in response to Saudi Arabia, they're actually saying, you know what, enough's enough. Let's scrap this and let's take it to the U.S. with shale oil producers and try to get back our market share. Let's try to bring it down to this price. And see, and if that's... Well, and if it's that a business is, decision for them. Right. And it's a bit of a political calculus as well. Like, I mean, uh, it's a big risk because you are pushing oil prices below break-even, break-even, which is going to hurt you, you folks also. It's a bit of a war of attrition in some sense too. But you're already seeing some of these U.S. shale oil producers respond and saying, yep, we're going to have to cut back. We can't produce at these particular price levels. That's what's giving markets a bit of hope. But mm. uh, now we, now that's taken care of. There's still the prospect of way, much lower oil demand because of the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. And that, again, we return to that, right? If uh, that does weigh on economic growth and the demand for industrial components like oil and gas, for instance, that's going to see, again, more uh, uh, that's uh, that's going to be the other big and stickier problem they're going to have to deal with. Well, we certainly will have our eyes on it in the coming hours, coming days, coming weeks, because, uh, like I said a little bit earlier on, this is maybe a new dance that we might all need to learn for a little while at least. This has been Market View on Workday Afternoon. I'm Clarice Montero, joined by JP Ong. He will be back after 4 p.m., on primetime with the very latest in market movements. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.